0: Everybody, welcome to Off Beat Wall Streets. I'm Frank Miller. Every week we come to praise Wall Street. Not to bury it. We present market bigwigs with kingly crowns, and we try to ignore dreaming soothsayers. (laughs) All this in an effort to bringest thou, I mean, to bring you the best information about Wall Street and the financial markets. This week, like Caesar, we're contemplating the Ides of March. That's coming this Wednesday. They wrote a song about it. I think they did a book and a movie, too. Not sure. But, you know, it's also the day that the Fed announces its next interest rate decision. (laughs) Beware the Ides of March. Traders are uh, almost completely convinced that the Fed is going to announce another rate hike. Now we'll take a look at uh, what's fueling that certainty. We'll also check in on Friday's big jobs report. The numbers came in better than expected. We'll go a little deeper into detail and describe what's going on in the labor market. We'll also look ahead to some of the other data due out this week. A couple of key inflation reports are set to come out. We'll unpack those numbers and what they could mean for the next meeting. And as always, we monologue in some of the more out-of-the-way stages in Wall Street's theater. We've got driverless luxury from Volkswagen that the ladies' man would enjoy. We've got a new product from Yahoo that seems like it's just automated nagging. We've got Ford printing out car parts and Subway maybe printing out chicken? Huh. And we've got a new player in Venture Capital. There's some dirt on his shoulder, and can you brush it off for him? This is the Lend Me Your Ear episode of Offbeat Wall Street. Wall Street. Caesar not to praise him. The evil that men do lives after them. The good is often turned with their bones, so let it be with Caesar. Alright, well, the Federal Reserve is going to be in focus this week, as they seem to be every single week. Seriously, is there nothing else going on other than the Federal Reserve? Maybe uh, Trump should create another agency. <clears throat> Never mind. The central bank's policymakers are going to meet again to decide whether to raise interest rates again or not. Again. The decision is due out Wednesday, March 15th, i.e. the Ides of March. Yeah, the outlook has shifted dramatically in the past couple of weeks. The options market is currently pricing in about a 91% chance of a rate hike at the coming meeting. That is a near iron lock. This is a big change from a few weeks ago. Now, as recently as early February, the markets were expecting the Fed to leave rates alone. The opinion at the time was almost as sure as it is now, except that traders were iron lock sure that the decision would go the other way. Okay. Well, in early February, the market had priced in a nearly 90% chance that rates would hold steady at the upcoming meeting and they also thought the Atlanta Falcons were going to win the Super Bowl. (laughs) So what changed? Well, other than Lady Gaga's halftime show, well, first off, the Federal Reserve officials started talking up the possibility of a rate hike. This included Fed Chair Janet Yellen. She told Congress last month that it was better to raise rates soon because if they wait too long, they might have to do them faster than they would like. You all know what that's like when you say something for the last minute, right? So her motto was basically, slow, steady, and soon. Friday's jobs data played into that Federal Reserve plan. Now, the numbers came in significantly better than expected. and This encouraged a rate hike in two ways. Now, One, it suggests the economy is strong enough to handle a rate hike. And two, high job growth could lead to wage inflation, which would need a rate hike to tamp down price increases. As to the numbers themselves, because we all know how much you love numbers, the economy added 235,000 jobs in February. Also, January's growth was revised higher. The new data showed a gain of 238,000 jobs in the first month of the year. The 235,000 gain in February was well ahead of what economists were predicting. The consensus estimate was about 195,000. Right now, those economists' predictions are about as accurate as weather forecasts. (laughs) Anyway, the job growth in the month was enough to push down the unemployment rate. The figure ticked down to 4.7% from 4.8%. Now, we mentioned at least a few times, at least, well, maybe 20 or 30 on the show, that the low labor participation rate in the country makes it a bit hard for job gains to reduce unemployment. There's just a lot of people on the sidelines right now, and a good labor market could draw them in. This means that as more jobs are created, more people are coming out of the woodwork to fill them. But in February at least, the job growth was enough to soak up some of those extra people. Let me have men about me that are fat, sleek-headed men and such a sleeper nights. Young Cassius has a lean and hungry look. He thinks too much. Such men are dangerous. Well, the Fed isn't the only thing on the docket this week, thank goodness. A number of economic reports are due out as well. Yay, that sounds like fun. (laughs) Inflation is going to be one of the main themes. Yeah, we love themes here at Offbeat Wall Street, and uh, we've got our uh, paper plates and cups to match the inflation theme. We just need some balloons. The government is going to release reports on both producer prices and consumer prices, which are both key measures of inflation. Last month, the Labor Department revealed that producer prices climbed six-tenths of one percent in January. That was a significant pickup from the two-tenths of a percent rise that was seen the previous month. Economists had expected prices to rise three-tenths of one percent. A spike in energy prices spurred the larger-than-expected advance. Energy prices soared 4.7% in January after jumping 1.8% the previous month. Even without the higher energy prices, PPI showed a larger-than-expected rise. Core prices, which exclude the volatile food and energy sectors, rose 4 tenths of 1% in January. This followed an uptick of a tenth of 1% in December. And it was also above the 2 tenths of a percent increase that was expected by economists. A little rise in the producer prices though don't necessarily mean that inflation is about to take off. First off, economists are reluctant to take one data point too seriously. Second, rises in producer prices don't necessarily spill over into consumer prices. Businesses can choose to swallow higher wholesale prices and keep retail prices steady. It cuts in the corporate profits though, but it doesn't necessarily lead to an inflationary bump in overall prices. The problem is, though, is that consumer prices also rose more than expected in January. The Labor Department reported a six-tenth of one percent rise in the month, and this compared to a three-tenth of a percent rise in December, and was also above the three-tenth of a percent rise that economists were expecting. Again, higher energy prices contributed to the rise, but the core number also came in a little bit hot. Core consumer prices were up three-tenths of one percent for the month, and economists had expected a two-tenth of one percent increase. Increases of a tenth to two-tenths of a percent are usually considered moderate. That's a sign that inflation is contained. More than that, and it starts to look a little, well, inflationary. (laughs) The consumer price figures still represented a one-month blip. is isn't enough to get economists too worried about inflation. The figures this month will be a big step in either confirming January as an outlier or pointing the way to a possible trend. If inflation does start to pick up, it could cause the Fed to accelerate its rate hikes. Monetary policymakers use higher interest rates to combat inflation. And there's a good deal of other economic news on tap for the week as well. The government releases some figures on retail sales. This will give a good look at the health of the consumer. Now, January's report was actually relatively strong. This provided a beacon of good news in what had been generally a dark time for retailers. Since about mid-December, all signs had pointed to a difficult period for retailers. Holiday sales were sluggish. Meanwhile, a number of iconic retailers were going through tough times, including Sears, Kmart, J.C. JCPenney, and Macy's. Into this environment came last month's retail sales report, which showed a four-tenth of one percent increase. That was relatively modest, but it was above the tenth of one percent that economists had predicted. Also, December's figure was revised higher. The Christmas month now had a one percent increase in sales, which was up from the six-tenths of a percent rise that was originally reported. And a set of manufacturing reports are due out this week as well. There's a pair of closely watched regional surveys. The first is the Empire State Index that covers the health of the factory sector in New York State. That's released by the New York Federal Reserve appropriately enough. That'll be followed by a similar report from the Philadelphia Federal Reserve. The uh, so-called Philly Fed Index will measure the manufacturing sector in the mid-Atlantic states. And a third report will provide a look at industrial production, which is another look at the state of manufacturing. And this week's busy economic calendar also includes reports on housing starts, consumer sentiment, and leading economic indicators. All dear Brutus is not in our stars, but in ourselves that we are underlings. Brutus and Caesar. What should be in that Caesar? Why should that name be sounded more than yours? Write them together. Yours is as fair a name. Sound them, it hath become the mouth as well. Weigh them, it is as heavy. Conjure with them. Brutus will start as spirit as soon as Caesar. Now, in the name of all the gods at once... Upon what meat that this our Caesar feed that he has grown so great? Okay, each week we like to wander off into the weeds a little bit, take a look at some money stories that aren't exactly Wall Street related. Time now for some of our quick hits. Well, the other German auto manufacturer, Volkswagen, they've launched what they call a lounge on wheels. The self-driving car is meant to offer passengers a ride in style. It features swing doors, and a big OLED screen that can be used as an entertainment center. The car is called Cedric and was introduced as a concept car at the Geneva International Motor Show. Unfortunately for Volkswagen, it might have a long way to go to convince drivers to give up control and sit back in the lounge. Hey, speaking of self-driving cars, a survey released by AAA reveals that more than three out of four Americans are afraid to ride in a self-driving vehicle. According to the organization, the finding that 78% of those surveyed fear traveling in a self-driving car. That's unchanged from last year. However, the survey is also finding that 59% of drivers want autonomous technologies in their next vehicle. AAA also found that drivers who own vehicles equipped with semi-autonomous features are 75% more likely to trust the technology than those who don't own it. Well, if more than 75% of people are afraid of robot cars, we've got another one for you. What about a robot to replace your nagging spouse? Yeah, Yahoo, of all companies, has launched a new text messaging-based bot called Captain. The company says it'll help family members manage each other's busy schedules. Captain will allow you and your family to remind one another about tasks that needed to be completed throughout the day. Ooh, I'm sure no arguments are going to start with that one. If you want to add paper towels and sugar to your shopping list, you can text CAPTAIN and it'll get the message to your partner, or text CAPTAIN to remind them to pick up the kids after school. <laughs> Why wouldn't you just text your partner directly? Eh, well, that's something you'll just have to ask Yahoo about. Hey, back to cars for a second. Now, you know Volkswagen's throwing its hat into the self-driving ring, and Ford is moving towards another type of automation. Now The automaker announced that it's begun testing 3D printing of large-scale car parts. Yeah, the company is exploring potential applications for future production vehicles, including Ford performance products, as well as personalized car parts using the technology. Now, according to Ford, 3D printing large car parts like spoilers can be affordable and efficient and could have other benefits. Printed parts can be lighter in weight than traditionally manufactured parts, and they may help improve Fuel efficiency. On the other hand, they are made of flimsy plastic. Well, <laughs> you win some, you lose some. Hey, you know, Subway might want to look into 3D printing as well. The sandwich chain is under pressure after a media report claimed that its chicken is only about 50% actual chicken. Okay. Recently, a Canadian TV show ran a report saying that a lab tests showed that only half of the contents of Subway sandwiches contain chicken DNA. Meanwhile, the rest was just soy filler. In response, Subway called the story false and misleading. It assured this, quote, The allegation that our chicken is only 50% chicken is 100% wrong. And that adds up to about 150% confused. Yeah. And finally, Wall Street moguls have a new player on the block. Rapper and entrepreneur Jay-Z has launched a new venture capital firm called Arrive. The company will partner with a select group of early-stage startups and provide them with brand services business development advisory and capital to drive growth in their organizations and you may ask yourself what are jay-z's credentials well truthfully he's really got an impressive portfolio as an investor he previously invested in uber stance and jet smarter his uber investment alone reportedly brought him over 200 times in returns but he also invested in title so (laughs) well not everything's a winner Domestic fury and fierce civil strife shall cumber all the parts of Italy. Blood and destruction shall be so in use and dreadful objects so familiar that mothers shall but smile when they behold their infants quartered with the hands of war. All pity, choked with custom of fell deed. And Caesar's spirit, ranging for revenge with Arte by his side, come hot from hell, shall in these confines with a monarch's voice cry, Have and Lift the dogs of war. Thanks, everybody. This has been off Offbeat Wall Street. If you like the show, go to iTunes or your favorite podcast catcher and subscribe while you're there. Go ahead and rate and review the show. Good ratings help other people discover it. Bad ratings will help people avoid it like the plague. So it's very helpful to get the good ratings. Also, let all your friends know. Or you can text CAPTAIN at Yahoo, and then they can tell your family and friends for you. <laughs> See how useful that information was? Yeah, see, we help. Also, check out our website at offbeatwallstreet.com, and you can follow us on Twitter at offbeatwallstreet. That's S-T like you see on the street signs. And, of course, a big thanks to the big BS, Brian Stewart, for shoveling all the words and co-production onto the podcast. Thank you, Brian, and a big special thanks to our good friends at RTT News for providing news and stats used on the show. For up-to-date info on the markets, check them out, rttnews.com, and as we say goodbye, just a little HR advice. Now, there's a lot that goes into considering a job applicant, but still, there's some things that it's probably best not to say for the official record. Would he were fatter. Have a great week, everybody.